Jack it up. Hurts keeps. Hurts cuts. Hurts has the first down. And Jalen Hurts. But it just put it away for the Eagles. Touchdown. Tyrese Betsy and the Sixers are going to win this game. Joel Tuck turnaround in the lane. Another 30 and 10 performance for Joel Embiid. Hurts. Connects with Devontae Smith. All right, hey, welcome back to 215 Scoop. I'm sure you just watched our episode on the Eagles. We're back once again to talk some Sixers. Um, I have Asher here and then the Sean Bernard from PickSwap Podcast. Uh, how you guys doing? Doing good. I'm happy to be on. I uh, appreciate you guys for having me. Always down to talk some Sixers. So, yeah, uh, it's that kind of time of the offseason, but I'm starting to get my, my juices flowing and ready for the regular season. Yeah. Asher? I'm doing good too. This is our this is our first episode with a special guest star. So welcome, Sean. <laughs> Thank welcome you. Sean. Yeah. Um, not much lately in the Sixers world. It's kind of dragging at this point. Although there's one thing. The Sixers signed Montres Harrell to a two year um do you guys remember what the five point two million? Yeah, two year five point two million deal. And I believe the second year of that deal is a player option, right? Yeah, that's yeah. essentially a veteran's minimum with a uh, a player option for the second year. So kind of similar to how Harden's contract is structured with like mm-hmm. it's for this year, but there's a little bit of an insurance policy at the end. That's pretty much the same structure with Trez. It's uh, basically a, a one-year veteran's minimum, and he's got an option if he wants to come back. Yeah. My only my only question – sorry, Ash. No, you're good. Uh, my, my only question relating to this move – I mean, I like it. I'm a big fan. I don't know. You guys can show your opinions, but I have one question. What do we do with B-Ball Paul now? I really liked him last postseason. He kind of threw DeAndre Jordan, you know, he took his took his place in the mm-hmm. playoffs. I really liked the B-Ball Paul. So is he done for? Mm-hmm. Ash, you want to lead off? Yeah. I mean, number I, number one, I don't think it was that hard to take DeAndre Jordan's place in the playoffs last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like B-Ball Paul a lot too. I just – I mean, Trez is pretty much a clear upgrade. I think what he was like 13 and seven last year. He's mm-hmm. pretty much been like a 15 and seven or eight player for the past three, four years. So probably the best backup center we've had in the Joel Embiid era. Yeah. I mean, no, I agree. I'm not saying that. I'm just, a, I was a big, big B ball Paul fan. The only downside of B ball Paul is just his size, really. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's, he's really big enough. And uh, Trez is smaller. Trez is six seven. So Trez is smaller. No. Yeah. I didn't even realize how small he was. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, if he produces, I mean, if he can give us some Andre Drummond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like there's not a lot of question about that. It's an upgrade. I, I love Montrez as a player. I think he's awesome. He's been a, a favorite of mine since playing at Louisville and all through uh, everywhere. It's the the concern. There's two different like things. The the signing itself, I absolutely love. The usage is a different question, and how we're gonna see and. B-Ball Paul is definitely the the loser of this. I still love B-Ball Paul with all my heart, and I'm still rooting for him every step of the way. Uh, I, I The thing that's been particularly appealing to me about B-Ball Paul is just like the defensive versatility, the way he can guard on the perimeter, the way he can still block shots. We're not getting any of that with Montrez Harrell. He's kind of like the, the v- defensive liability of this. Like the pick and roll defense is especially rough. He's not a good defender overall. He's six seven. He's got a seven four wingspan, but he really doesn't use the long arms as well. His feet are slow on the perimeter. The pick and roll, he kind of gives up both options, both with the ball handler and the roller, in a way that 
is really rough and is very easy to exploit in the postseason, which I think we'll find out if Doc Rivers is not careful with that. And that's kind of the, the biggest concern here. So uh, as far as the regular season, I think it's an awesome addition to have a guy that you can throw in here. We haven't had a backup behind Embiid who can like you can play through offensively. Like mm-hmm. when we talk about Drummond with Dwight Howard, with DeAndre Jordan, the best case scenario of those guys getting any offensive action was like a, a putback and a dunk. Like that's mm-hmm. all you got. Like Trez is a guy who can create for himself. He's a very good passer for a big man. He's got a little bit of a mid-range jumper. And just like he's got a post-up game. Like he can score the ball and create offensively. You put him and Harden and like shooters around him, and that's like a good offense with Embiid off the floor, which is super appealing. But he definitely has his limitations. So it's a good tool to have in the bag, but you got to make sure he's used right. Definitely a lot of concerns in the playoffs. I I remember, I mean, Doc Rivers was his coach in L.A. when they were in the playoffs. I'm, he was basically being played off the floor, kind of the opposite of Matisse Thibault kind of thing, but, like, same idea. Mm-hmm. When Matisse has those offensive drawbacks, I mean, he was just – yeah, like you said, the pick-and-roll defense, just that's so imperative in the playoffs. Yeah. And if you, you can't do that as a – you can't guard the perimeter as a big guy, you get played off the floor. Yeah, it was tough. It was that series, the 2020 bubble with the the Nuggets and the the Clippers, and uh, the famously Doctor was obviously famously the most blown three mm-hmm. one leagues leads in uh, NBA history, but that was one of them, and it was up three one. I give Trez like a little bit of a pass here, as a lot of it I think is scheme, and now granted it doesn't make me feel much better considering Doc Rivers is still <laughs> the head coach in that equation, but they were just like throwing doubles at Nikola Jokic, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty clear he's the best passing big man in the in the NBA. It's like he's gonna exploit you if you do that. So, I, but at the same time, like Trez definitely has his defensive liabilities. He's not a guy that can really stick with it. Uh, the difference in this situation is obviously Joel Embiid. Like on that Clippers team, it was Zubac and Trez is the two semi big men. And and my Trez, like we keep calling a big man, he's really not. Like like we pointed out, he's six seven. He doesn't even really do big man things. He just kind of is centralized like he he plays in the paint and likes to do that so but he's not a guy that like does like small ball center things like he doesn't switch he doesn't he rebounds pretty well defensively not as much offensively he's very good uh, i believe he averaged like four defensive rebounds and three offensive rebounds which is a pretty crazy split mm-hmm. for, for a guy but like i guess back to my original point is like we're asking like this bottle up version of him he's probably going to see his minutes cut from what he's used to he's played over uh, 21 minutes a game the past five seasons the only time he hasn't played over 17 minutes game was his rookie year i don't know if he's going to get that uh, amount of clock with the sixers i think there's a chance he could play a little bit alongside Embiid, but we're asking for a very minimized role which is interesting he's a guy who's got more legs than the other backup centers we kind of rolled with yeah that's for him to get his minutes increased maybe to the point that he normally sees them, he would have to play a little bit of four. Yeah. In this NBA for a guy who can't shoot threes, you know, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean this, this, I like this signing. I mean, if you guys were to assign a grade to this, this is very like end of the end of the off season signing. Um, for me, I would probably give it like a, a B minus or a B just because mm-hmm. there there's, there's upsides just like, Sean, you hit everything, really, uh, right on the head. But I think there's a lot of upsides and a lot of downsides. Um, like, And everything you just mentioned just amounts to the grade that I gave. Um, I don't know about you guys. What do you guys think? I want to go B plus, A minus range just because I feel like he's way too talented of a player, way too productive of a player to be playing on a veteran minimum. That's mm-hmm. just crazy to me. And like I said, you know, best – 
best backup we've had to JoJo ever. Mm-hmm. Clear upgrade over any of the other backup centers we have on the roster previously. Yeah, I'm going to go A- minus as well. Uh, and kind of – I'm splitting this as purely the signing decision. Uh, like, I think everyone's a little, like, hesitant to get excited because we know what's coming with the Doc Rivers experience. Uh, and it's like – that's very much an indictment on Doc Rivers that we can't get, like, that excited about adding this guy who's notably, like, an upgrade. But mm-hmm. to be honest, like, I, I really do like Trez. I think it's important to, like, emphasize that he is a very good player. He's a guy, like – he's a different flavor of backup big that we've had in Philadelphia mm-hmm. – I, I'm when looking at like all these guys, like the Dwight Howards, the DeAndre Jordan, the Andre Drummonds. These are all guys that are kind of like your role is to like play defense, like paint protect kind of. And some of them that weren't even great at that. DeAndre Jordan specifically. Trez is a guy who we're going to be looking at for instant offense. He's going to be a guy. He's going to be a, a Philly fan favorite for sure. He's a dunk machine. He's a rim rocker. He's a guy that will will get his damage done. So I think like that aspect of it is super intriguing to me of just trying something a little different. And like to James's point, like if it is a matchup that requires more defense, which there absolutely will be some, like B-Ball Paul is still on this team and like mm-hmm. making sure he has the minutes because I think in the postseason, that's still going to be B-Ball Paul's role is as the backup center. He did great last year. And I guess I'm a little frustrated because of that because like like he did everything he was asked to do last year. He stayed in his role and did mm-hmm. his thing. And making sure he continues to get like the minutes to progress so he can do the same thing next year is important. So we got to make sure like that doesn't Montrez doesn't hold back his development in that regard because I still think B Ball Paul is going to be a key member of this Sixers team in the postseason. Yeah, I think I think we could. I mean, you just touched. I was just about to ask. I was thinking maybe they could run. This doesn't really exist, but like centers by committee, I guess. You know, like don't play them in the same game, but like maybe give B-Ball Paul more minutes. My concern, the only reason why I give it a little bit of a lower grade than, than you guys, I'm, I love Montrez, um, but I'm concerned about the defense. Um, a big glaring yeah. flaw in the Sixers defense last year was their transition defense. Um, and while Montrez Harrell's like no backup centers can be running up, up and down the court and like being all over a guy, but is that something that you would be concerned with? Cause it's, I worry about defense. I always prioritize. I like having a good defense. Who doesn't? But, you know, I feel like I value defense more than other people. Yeah. I I don't think he's going to be a guy that's ever going to be on the floor for, like, crunch time, defensive possessions, that kind of thing. And you can look at this as a positive or a negative. I'm personally going to, like, put a little bit of a positive swing on it. Like, he's not a guy that you question his effort defensively. Like, he tries. He's just kind of limited in what he can do. Like, his foot speed's not that great. He's not as like vertically advanced as some guys. He's a, a little bit shorter. So there's just like things that like aren't great from. I do think he's a guy that like tries and brings effort, which is a, a pro in my mind, but he's just kind of limited. So I, I definitely think it's a concern. There's going to be matchups, which he he can't. And Doc Rivers has talked about like the importance of a traditional backup big, which I think somehow has become like a point toward B-Ball Paul. Like even though he's not, I wouldn't consider a traditional big man either. He's more so than Montrez, I would say. So there is going to be some interesting kind of like game by game decisions on which guy you go with. Uh, as much as Trez is the better player, there's definitely going to be matchups where B-Ball Paul is necessary and, and should play. And I hope that's the case. And as far as B-Ball Paul, just talk, we were just talking about uh, Trez's path to more minutes. For B-Ball Paul, he, there, you know, that backup forward spot is power forward spot is definitely open. Yeah, that's what I, I was literally it's hard about to play a guy like same problem with Montrez who can't shoot the ball and is a little shorter. If Bebo Paul can just get a mid-range or a three-pointer that's somewhat reliable, 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, the minutes are there for him to take. And, he, you know, he has that perimeter defense. You need your four to have perimeter defense in the NBA today. Yeah. Yeah, and I would like to point out, I know it's the G League, I know whatever, but B-Ball Paul shot 45% his first, from three his first year in the G League, and, like, that still sticks with me. Now, granted, like, his first – I won't forget his first three-point attempt at the NBA, which he just airballed straight up, like, well over the <laughs> well over the rim. But, like, I still, like, hold on to that of, like, like it's the same distance, it's the same ball. There should be some sort of translation. So mm-hmm. uh, if B-Ball Paul can really work on that aspect of the game, I also like the idea of, like, pairing him with Joel a little bit, having B-Ball Paul be the guy that does the dirty work, scraps for loose balls, gets rebounds, and let Joel just do his thing. I think that's something that could work. And I guess the nice thing about all this is it feels like there's more flexibility in what the Sixers can work with. They can get more creative on on the lineups, uh, pairing guys, matching up different players in a way that, like, hasn't been in the past. Like, we've just kind of had the the same, like, the Shake Miltons, the Matisse Thibels, the Frickon Corkmouses, the guy that we know what they can do and very clearly what they can't do also. So kind of cool that we have different attributes spread around this year. Yeah, but my only <laughs> – I only mean to be raising so many questions, but with the flexibility, it, do you think Doc River, Rivers is going to utilize that flexibility or think he's just going to roll out the same kind of thing? Because we all know Doc Rivers, he's stingy. He thinks he knows everything and what's best for the team. And then he plays atrocious rotation. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is going to be the – as much as, like, James Harden gets this rep and this is mm-hmm. talked about a ton, this is more so, I would say, the make-or-break gear for Doc Rivers. I Like, there hasn't been a, a real reason to, like, fire him, per se. Like, mm-hmm. every kind of disappointment, like, there's been reasons for it. Like, Ben Simmons caught the brunt of the Hawks series exit. We mm-hmm. saw Joel was hurt. He had like zero hands and half a mm-hmm. face for last year's playoffs. It's like, <laughs> it's tough to beat the heat like that. Now, like looking at this year and granted, like things could change. The circumstances could make this different, but it's like, you should have all the tools to navigate to a successful season to go deeper in the playoffs. Like Maury has given him what he needs. You now have to run with it. So I think it's a little bit of the make or break for Doc. And in Doc's defense, which I've been pretty critical of him overall, like, I think he pulled the right strings in the playoffs last year. Like when it was all said and done. I definitely agree. Yeah. Like as much as like he's cocky about it and doesn't mm-hmm. give the best responses. Like I do think he made some, some good reads as far as rotations. He did play b-ball Paul over Deandre Jordan, which was the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And like, so if he can like just do that and make the right calls, like this is a team that can do something, but I, I think the pressure is on him this year. Yeah. No, and definitely had his hands like, in addition to giving him some credit in the playoffs, he had his hands tied with those Embiid injuries. You know, yeah. like like you said, Embiid was not 100. percent You you never want to have to have to choose between playing DeAndre Jordan or Paul Reed as your starting center in the playoffs. You know, that's already stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Now, another thing about the Montrez signing: say if, or we should say when, Joel Embiid goes out with an injury, is Montrez is Montrez like a solid option to start at this point? Yeah, it's interesting. I would have no problem in trying it in short doses. It's again kind of be kind of a matchup thing. I think the relate the relationship between him and Harden matters. They only play together for two years in Houston, but they've worked out a decent bit together this offseason specifically. They did so. I think there's some sort of connection there, and they're going to be pretty disgusting in a pick and roll together. Like I think that's going to be yeah. something that works very well. So looking at Montrez, like he's only started a handful of games through his out his career played 400 and some games and it was under 50 that he's actually been a starter in, which was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, He's obviously like one of six man of the year, pretty known for being a a bench guy, but I was a little surprised. Like he hasn't got more of an opportunity with that. So 
I, I think he probably will start a handful of games this year, and and I, I personally have no issue with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you kind of like are hitting all all the points here. I I agree with everything you're saying. That that's the Sean Bernard for you, like. <laughs> Here. Like knows everything, has all the has all the points. Yeah, you're what are uh, lines, man? You steal my lines. <laughs> so what you say, uh, is the what you're most excited about the additions? I want to hear from each of you guys. What's your the off season addition you think that will help the Sixers the most? I mean, I I was not a fan, but no, I don't want to say I wasn't a fan, but I was lukewarm about the DeAnthony Mountain trade on draft night. Mm-hmm. And then the more that I thought about it, and the more that I mm-hmm. looked into his uh accolades and his career so far the more excited i've been about it mm-hmm. and just i mean i've been talking the last episode we've done on the sixers i said i'd like to see a starting rotation with uh harden maxi and anthony melton all starting tobias yeah. harrison before he's another one of those guys that gives us some versatility mm-hmm. really good defender good passer you know he's decently tall so he could play the three if we needed him to mm-hmm. yeah james yeah. how about you uh whew. So it's between – it's got to be between Melton or P.J. Tucker. But I'm going to go with P.J. Tucker. Um, yeah, of course, it's kind of basic given it's like our biggest signing of the offseason. But um, the intangibles that he brings to the team is going to be incredible. It's going to be great. I feel like this team has been very soft over the past few years. I mean, it's gotten better a little bit. But I think P.J. Tucker really brings that like hard – you know. We're going to go knock him out, you know, that kind of mentality that we need in the playoffs. We need the confidence because I feel like this team, like whenever they hit like a, a wall in the playoffs, they kind of start, you know, trickling down a little bit. Um, but his mentality, I think, is going to be able to carry us through moments like that. Um, mm-hmm. So He's definitely one, like my favorite one thus far on top of his deadly corner threes that are going to be coming. Yeah. Definitely. It feels like there's been a mentality shift this offseason. Like Montrez fits this bill completely too of guys that we've talked about, like the dog mentality st- so much, but we've got a bunch of guys that are ready to scrap this year. Guys like Montrez, like PJ Tucker, DeAnthony Melton, I would throw in that mix. We got Furkan Korkmaz getting the scraps overseas now. Mm-hmm. So I like to see it from the Sixers team. I'm, I'm, I think that, and I think that's going to be helpful for Embiid too. Like I think for so often he's kind of had to be the enforcer and you just never want your best player having to do that role. And like yeah. Montrez and Embiid literally got into a scrap last year. So yeah, like, <laughs> I, I do think it's cool. I also think it's funny. Maury seems to just target like other backup centers that uh, Embiid's gotten into altercations with, but mm-hmm. who knows? I, I, I tweeted out a thing from the, the PicSwap podcast yeah. account of uh, the Montrez and Embiid dapping up versus the Andre Drummond and Embiid dapping up. And yeah. I'm seeing better vibes with Montrez already. So I'm yeah. excited about Um, One thing I do want to note is the chemistry. Do you think there's serious – because we've had two guys recruited here pretty much, P.J. Tucker and now Montrez. Do we think that the the chemistry is really – like is there no – like there's not going to be that period of like building chemistry? Do you think it's going to be right there from the get-go because of the recruiting? I'm sure there'll be some sort of growing pains, but like it's definitely a bunch of guys familiar with each other. Like Daryl Morey dug into his uh, old rosters for this this offseason. Yeah. Sure. Everybody, Daniel House, former Rockets guy, DeAnthony Melton, the guy that Morey drafted, Montrez, a guy that Morey drafted. Every offseason, every move, every guy that was brought in, even Trevlin Queen, who was never uh, yeah. under Morey's tenure, is still coming from the Rockets. So a ton of guys that they just have familiarity with. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I The no. interesting thing I will note is it does – I think this is a mentality thing. I think Joel Embiid's like 
pretty content with just like letting Maury do his job, letting the team get laid out. It does feel like Harden has some say in who he wants to play with, Montrez mm-hmm. specifically. And now, to some extent, they're kind of playing with his money with the pay cut he took. So mm-hmm. maybe he should. Maybe that's kind of like the deal that was made there. But uh, it definitely feels like a bunch of Harden boys are back, and hopefully it mm-hmm. pays off with the chemistry and how the play comes out. Yeah, definitely. And it should be added as well that the P.J. Tucker and D'Anthony Melton, who are going to have big pieces in the rotation, Montrezl goes with this as well you know, very low ego players. So as far as chemistry goes and kind of getting used to each other, fitting in the system, I feel like those guys fit in a lot of systems. Yeah. I don't really think there is going to be a lot of growing pains just because, you know, they don't demand the ball. They don't demand, I need to do this or this. They'll do what you ask mm-hmm. or doctors ask of them. It's a lot more like normal players <laughs> to an extent. Yeah. Like, like, the first, like Furkan, Furkan Korkmaz, we look at, he's so clearly like a guy that shoots threes and when he's hot, he's awesome. And if he's not, he can't do much anything else. Matisse is obviously an unreal defender, but is so limited in everything else that he does. Like De'Anthony Melton's a guy who can just do a little bit of everything and is good at it. P.J. Tucker can do a little bit of everything and is very good at a corner three. Montrez is, a, I guess, the exception to that because he has his limitations, but it's like more well-rounded NBA guys, which I think is a, a great thing. I think that's a, a very much a positive. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying, Mr. Sean Bernard. um now in terms of how we're gonna do in the eastern conference um my general consensus for this season is the regular season isn't a concern for me i'm not worried about how we do we could be third seed we could be sixth seed we could be first seed it all depends i think this whole entire season is hinged upon two or three games in the playoffs in the second in the second round that's really what this entire season is going to come down to but a matter of like, what's your confidence level in this team, this new look Sixers team, in making it past the second round? Uh, I think, I think this team could surpass some extra uh, expectations. In my, that's just me. I think we can make it Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I, I feel good about this team going into this year. I think this is the most well-rounded roster that the Joel Embiid era Sixers have had. I think that's very key when going into the postseason. It's something the Sixers have overlooked in years past. It's a tough Eastern Conference this year. So that's, I would say, what makes me nervous. Like, top to bottom, the East got better this year. There's, like, even, like, looking at the playing games, the teams are going to end up in that. There's going to be some, like, good teams on the outside looking in this year. So it's going to be competitive. I, if just purely ranking them, I have the Celtics and Bucks a little bit above the Sixers still, and I put mm-hmm. the Sixers at number three. But, like, mm-hmm. that's still not a bad place to be in. And, and frankly, like, it's going to be all about, like, who's clicking at the right time, which pieces are fully healthy, which teams are – are fully in place. And uh, another thing that I have an article dropping on Philly sports network tomorrow that pointed out, like the, a key thing about this Montrez signing is like, it allows you to be way more flexible with like resting Embiid and making sure that he's healthy coming into the postseason is the number one thing the Sixers can do to like increase mm-hmm. their chances. So that's mm-hmm. a, a positive on that front too, but I feel good about the team overall. Yeah. The, the only other thing to, you know, minimize the Embiid injuries would just be to make sure he stays away from Pascal Siakam. pads on those elbows yeah god for real yeah but yeah i agree with sean i have uh i have celtics one bucks two and then sixers three Mm -hmm. i mean like you said the east has improved so much i feel like there's four to five teams with like nba championship winning talent levels yes you know brooklyn nets included even though they seem to implode every year but I mean, well, there's teams that if everything goes right, they're coming out of the East easily. 
Mm-hmm. You could say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's ten. There's ten teams in the East that will be competing for playoffs this year. I'm, there might even be more. Yeah. Um, but even even you look at like the Hawks, which like had a disappointing season last year. They just went all in and got Dejounte Murray. We're talking about two years ago. These were a team that went to the conference finals. That like mm-hmm. Trey Young is very much as much as we love to hate him. Like he is very much a legitimate like one A star on a, a a team that I think can contend. To add Dejounte mm-hmm. to to that is impressive. The Cavs going out and get Donovan Mitchell. I I really do like the Cavs this year. I think they're going to be a team that's nothing to to play around with. So it's going to be some stiff competition. But I I think the Sixers are are making the wise moves that they've they've kind of made mistakes on in the past by like going after the big name or making the the big time move. They're just doing like the hitting going up and hitting a single rather than hit a home run. Like get that role player that helps. Get that like backup that is going to be a key piece. Guys that just like fit around the edges and make the puzzle work completely. Yeah. Yeah, I've touched on this in past episodes, but the recipe for success in the NBA, the era of the super team is over in my opinion. We've seen Several teams. The only team that has had luck in recent years is the Los Angeles Lakers in 2020. If you want to call that a super team, LeBron and AD, whatever. If you want to call it that, go for it. But that era is over. I feel like there's been too many teams that haven't had success. The only that had success during the super team era was the Warriors. But the point I'm getting to is now is depth. If you look at the past four NBA champions, I mean, we got the Bucks, the Raptors, um, and the Warriors. Three of the last four. Um, they were all super deep. They only had like one big star, maybe two. And then the rest was just like good role players. And I feel yeah. like the Sixers are kind of building that here. With James Harden, they, we, we have a big three. But it's mainly James Harden and Joel Embiid. And then everybody else kind of like really contributes, some more than others. And I mean, you could say about the Lakers as well, the main goal of, of that team construction was we have LeBron and we have Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. We need some low ego guys who can shoot to put around them. That was the main goal of the roster construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with your point too. And I, I agree with Asher there too. Like the, the Lakers were, they had AD and LeBron, yes, but then they had like a bunch of the, the Contavious Caldwell Popes, the, like, mm-hmm. the guys that fit around the edges like we're talking about that are just good complimentary role players. So I agree. I think that's the, the route to winning in the NBA. And the, the reason for that is because like every weakness is maximized so much in the postseason. And just like Montrez was played off the floor in that Clipper series, like if you can't do that, like other teams are going to exploit it and that's going to be found out. So like having like a well-rounded roster is way more important than having like three guys that soak up your entire salary cap and just kind of scrap in for veteran minimums after that. So I do think it's the right mindset and I think Morris executed pretty well on it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree. Um, well, that's going to conclude us here at Tim Five Scoop. Um, John, thank you for joining us. Um, where can we find you? Yeah, you guys can uh, find me on Twitter at Sean underscore Bernard One. Uh, check out the other videos on the channel, Pick Swap Podcast, which I'm on as well. And uh, check out my written work on Philly Sports Network and Clutch Points. Uh, little changes in that coming soon. But uh, other than that, yeah, you can see me everywhere in kind of the, the Sixers world. That's the Sean Bernard for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know where to find us. We're all everywhere. We got TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can follow us two and five at two and five scoop on TikTok, at two and five scoop PSM on Twitter, and at two and five scoop on Instagram. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Asher, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Even though you're always here. <laughs> um, but you guys have a good one.